Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation to join us for this Bible study and reflection for Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. Depending on where you live this past weekend, all the way through Tuesday morning was rather gloomy and dark. And then all of a sudden, the welcoming light of the sun returned on Tuesday morning. What a great feeling to be out of the gloomy weather and enjoying God's beautiful sunshine. We certainly were not meant to live in darkness, are we? Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, we thank you for sharing your glory with us. And help us, Lord, to be a reflection of your glory to those we come in contact with. Lord, we would commend all who are in need of your care to you and ask that you pour out your healing love and comfort on them. We especially lift up to you those that have been and are currently affected with the effects of COVID-19. We lift up our prayers in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So today I want to talk about God's light and highlight some passages from Genesis all the way through to the book of Revelation. I remember 30 plus years ago when I was working for a large commercial contractor here in Columbia. We had taken our company plane from Columbia to Indianapolis, Indiana. Our company did work all over the southeast, really all over the United States, but primarily the southeast. So it made sense for us to have our own private plane. If I remember correctly, it was a Cessna Golden Eagle 421, which is a dual engine plane that seats six people, plus the pilot. We spent all day in negotiations, went to dinner that night, got up the next morning for another short round of negotiations and meetings. And we left Indianapolis midday for our return flight to Columbia. I recall that the weather was not particularly nasty, but it was overcast. And I remember when we took off from Indianapolis and got up to altitude, I looked out the window and could not see anything, literally nothing except dense clouds. I, was, I wasn't then, and I'm not now, a nervous passenger when flying, but I sh will share with you that I do like to see the ground occasionally. There were only three of us on the plane that day. It was our pilot, who was a veteran of many flights, and I had much trust in him. Our other passenger, besides myself, was the daughter of the owner of the company. I felt very comfortable with our pilot and his ability, especially since the owner of our company had entrusted his daughter to fly with us. Even though I had the utmost trust, I was nervous because I could not see the ground or for that matter, anything past the window. Our flight lasted a little over three hours, and during that time I was very nervous because I knew I was not in control of that airplane. I do remember trying to sleep so I didn't have to think about how spatially disorienting it was to be in the clouds for that long. When I wasn't trying to sleep, I was praying. I was praying for our pilot's ability and our safe landing. 
Well, we finally made it. Upon our initial approach to Columbia Airport, I could tell the clouds were finally breaking up. And before we landed, we descended into clean air, clean, fresh air. And I could see the ground. At that point in time, I could not remember any other occasion where I truly appreciated being enveloped by the light of day. Our first reading today comes from the book of Genesis, specifically Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And here's the reading. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Right away in the first, or in verse 2 of the first book of the Bible, we're presented with several problems, one of which is darkness. The author of Genesis doesn't take long to reassure us that God solved that problem of darkness by saying, let there be light. Our next reading is from the book of Exodus. And it's a familiar story that involves Moses and God. This, is, this reading is found in Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. And the title of this is The Radiant Face of Moses. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him. And he gave them all the commands that the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. You know, after the encounter Moses had with God on Mount Sinai, and because he had been in God's presence, Moses appeared radiant because of the powerful glory of God. This should be a powerful hyperlink to our gospel lesson from last Sunday, which was about Jesus' transfiguration. There are several several accountings of that, but the one I'm going to read is from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 3. Here is the reading. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. This is a story about God's powerful glory 
and dazzling light, and it was witnessed by Peter, James, and John. And as Mark states, his clothes became dazzling white. In today's vernacular, we would say, there is no laundry in the country that can make clothes that white. The strength of God's glory and light is summed up in the book of Revelation. This reading comes from Revelation chapter 21, verses 23 through 24. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And I'm reminded of one final story about light and its effect on growth. This story comes in the form of a letter I wrote to my church family at St. Paul's Lutheran Church here in Columbia, South Carolina, and I want to share it with you. I believe this was written about eight years ago, and this letter will draw a stark contrast to the time I flew from Indianapolis when I knew I was not in control to a period in my life where I thought I was in control. Here's the letter I wrote to my St. Paul's Church family. Recently, I was walking from the rear parking lot at Trenton Plaza to get my mail at the post office. It was a bright, sunny day, and I couldn't help but notice the five Confederate jasmine plants arranged in planters along the semi-covered walkway that leads to the post office. The first one closest to me was very full, lush, green, and thriving very well. As the available light diminished, each successive plant was less full, not as green, some with yellowish-looking leaves struggling to thrive. It hit me like a ton of bricks that I was witnessing was a living analogy for worshiping God with my church family. We as Christians need God's brightest light and His glory, the light of His Son, to grow in our faith to our fullest potential. When we retreat from that light, we too struggle to thrive. We receive this light of faith from hearing God's word and sharing the sacrament of Holy Communion in community with one another. We share that light with one another in our fellowship as God's people together. We reflect that light in the ways in which we serve others. It is this light, God's light, that makes our faith flourish and grow healthy and strong. I would like to offer a sincere thanks to all of you for warmly welcoming me back into the flock. I may have wandered off for a while, but I never lost the yearning to strengthen my faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. I was one of those that thought I could do it on my own without a church family as support. Boy, was I wrong. With the gentle and constant urging of my wonderful wife, Laurel, over time I finally said, okay, I'll start going to church again. When I did, I was greeted with many familiar and some not so familiar faces in the pews every Sunday. The common bond I felt was one of really wanting to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. What a better way of serving him than letting others know of his love and promise for us. 
It is a great comfort to me, and I'm sure to you as well, that we are constantly challenged from the pulpit by our pastor, Tony Metz. Pastor Metz, who shares the good news of Jesus with us, that is both convicting and challenging, and he does it with a warm and welcoming smile. Well, that was eight years ago, and I still love each and every one of my church family at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. Thank you all for helping me to grow into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your guiding light, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now go in peace, serve the Lord.